This is episode number 11 of The Inspiring Talk with Akshay Nanavati. Welcome guys to The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm host for this show. Each week I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. I'm very excited for my guest, Akshay Nanavati. He is a U.S. Marine veteran, speaker, adventurer, and entrepreneur. Combining his life experience with years of research in science and spirituality, he wrote a book called Fearvana, the revolutionary science of how to turn fear into health, wealth, and happiness. His book has been recommended by the likes of His Holiness Dalai Lama, Seth Godin, among others. You might have seen a read of Akshay on CNN, Inc. Magazine, ABC, Forbes, Fox News, among others. He himself went through a very tough phase in his life, including drug addiction, post-traumatic stress disorder from fighting the war in Iraq with the U.S. Marine and alcoholism that pushed him to the brink of suicide. He shares his story of how he was able to overcome all these and how you can too embrace your fears and come out of them. In this episode, we talk about why Akshay is in a mission to run in every country in this world, how he was able to overcome drug addiction, PTSD and alcoholism. He shares a technique, what he calls as LMNOP technique to overcome your fears and a lot more. Guys, I want to share with you an amazing research that I found very useful to get my weekly dose of learning on the move. It's called Audible. Audible has a collection of over 180,000 audiobooks to choose from. And the best part is you can listen to these audiobooks on a favorite device such as Android, iPhone, Kindle or MP3 player. Few weeks back, I got a free audiobook of The Autobiography of Benjamin Franklin, which I enjoyed listening on my way to office. To download your free audiobook today, go to theinspiringtalk.com forward slash audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E. Again, that's theinspiringtalk.com forward slash audible for your free audiobook. Now, without further ado, let me welcome the one and only Akshay Nanavati. Welcome back, guys. I'm super pumped in having Akshay Nanavati with me. Welcome, Akshay. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, BJ. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, awesome. So, Akshay, uh, one of your goals is to run on every single country in this world. <laughs> How many countries have you been so far? I've done eight so far, so not a lot. I still got a long way to go, but I put a, I put a little bit of a hold on it to uh, work on my book and finish writing the book and then marketing the book. and then. But next year, my vision is to get back to it. Yeah, awesome. Your book is already out in the market and yes. it's killing it. It's been, I've been blessed. It's been going well so far. Yeah, awesome. So why do you run? What's your mission? 
I think, you know, for me, running and just and it, it personally, it's been my salvation. It got me out of drug addiction. It got me out of alcohol addiction. It helped me overcome post-traumatic stress disorder. So running has personally been a very fulfilling thing for me that really is my, it's my own spiritual journey to test my limitations, to explore myself. But this idea to run across the world is to, one, I love traveling. I love meeting new, meeting new people, exploring new cultures. So personally, it's, it's a great way for me to combine my, my, you know, my collective passions. And on a larger level, it's a way for me to inspire others to show that we can achieve the impossible. I mean, even the vision to, came to, that, to, to do this thing came from me because of uh, people that inspired me. I met this Australian ultra runner who actually ran from the North Pole to the South Pole, averaging about two marathons a day for 10 and a half months. And he's actually also run across India. He ran from the southern tip of India to the northern tip of Kashmir. Uh, amazing guy named Pat Farmer. So he inspired me to do this impossible thing. And we also want to use it as a platform to raise funds for nonprofits that we're going to support through my foundation, the Fearvana Foundation. So we want to use it as a way to to raise awareness for causes, to support these these various countries that I that I run across. You know, get on the ground and support work that needs to be done, and use my my story, my 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 mission to help uh, bring awareness to issues on the ground and ultimately affect change in a tangible way when we're doing these uh, doing this kind of crazy mission across the world. <laughs> Amazing! I love your mission and uh, the vision that you. Carrying, uh, uh, you know, that could be uh, regarding your uh, foundation and creating awareness among people and uh, mm-hmm. building the community. Everything it it mm-hmm. sounds perfect, and you know your vision. Uh, uh, I love that. And uh, you said that you were addicted to drug, alcohol, and almost mm-hmm. missed your life. Uh, please mm-hmm. share with my audience about that phase of your life. Sure. Uh, you know, so I was born in Bombay in India. I moved from Bombay to Bangalore when I was three, then to Singapore. And I moved to the United States when I was 13 years old. And then about a few years later, maybe when I was 15 or 16, I got into drugs pretty heavily. I lost two friends to drug addiction. And I, too, was very, very much headed down that path. Uh, thankfully, I got out. I ended up joining the United States Marines. I did six years in the Marines. I did one tour in Iraq in 2007. And then when I came back from Iraq, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. And then I struggled with alcohol addiction till the point that I actually considered taking my own life. I mean, I still remember waking up after five days of binge drinking, thinking that there's no point going on because I would never be able to change this lifestyle. And that's when I realized that something needed to change. The fact that I would think about taking my own life really shocked me. So immediately, I decided to do something differently. I studied neuroscience, psychology, spirituality. I took on personal growth work, and that's when I led to this concept of fearvana and now everything I'm doing as a result of it. So had a few lows on the journey, but I think they've led to a lot of greater highs. So it's just part of the, part of the process. Oh, awesome. Great. <laughs> <laughs> it's been quite a journey for sure. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. You said that you uh, started learning about your own brain and uh, uh, going deep into, uh, you know, overcoming your fear and came with this idea of Fearvana. Can you please explain what is Fearvana? Even though, you know, you say as a name, it is uh, Nirvana or Salvation Through Fear. Can you please elaborate on that? Mm -hmm. What is this uh, all about? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So it's the idea that, you know, these two seemingly contradictory ideas, fear and nirvana, but I believe, and I've through research and through life experience and through everything I've studied, it's, they're actually very complementary. And that fear is the path to bliss, to happiness, to enlightenment. And that's what fearvana is about. So the way I define it is, it's the bliss that results from engaging our fears to pursue our own worthy struggle. And what I mean by that is everybody has our, their own worthy struggle. It could be playing 
chess, writing movies, running a podcast, uh, running marathons, climbing mountains, whatever your worthy struggle is, when you find that struggle and you embark upon it with, you know, with, with 100% commitment, there's great happiness in that journey. There's beauty in that struggle, and that's what Fearvana is all about. It's about finding that worthy, worthy struggle and embracing the joy, the bliss, the happiness, the lows, the highs, everything that comes along in that journey to living your path to Fearvana. Oh, amazing. I love, you know, uh, a lot of people we talk about like overcoming fear and getting out of fear. Mm -hmm. But what I love about uh, what you are saying is it's about embracing the fear, right? You know, uh, you know, keep, I mean, moving forward with your fear, understanding your fear. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the biggest mis problems with, um, with our collective, you know, our collective relationship to these emotions like fear. When I say the word fear, stress, anxiety, guilt, anger, people have this belief that it's a negative emotion, that these are all negative emotions. And that's the problem because the reality is there are no bad or good emotions. There's only emotions and it's up to us to decide what we do with them. So fear is actually can be your greatest ally. I mean, the greatest things I've done in my own life have terrified me, including writing my book on fear. That was a very scary, very stressful, very anxiety inducing process, but it was beautiful. I mean, so was joining the Marines. So was climbing mountains in the Himalayas. All of it was scary. But that's what makes it worthwhile. So it's the demonization of fear that causes people to struggle more. Yeah, I mean, uh, what you do with the fear, and it's that what matters. And one of my guests in this podcast says, like, you know, anger and fear are the two best emotions if you can uh, make use of use love that. of them. Yeah, I uh, agree. When you, yeah, yeah, I mean... He said. He said that. I mean, when you uh, have that anger and fear, and if you can use them in a way that benefits you, and that's the best thing that you can do to yourself. So you served in U.S. Marine and came out of the and diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. How did you overcome that? <laughs> You know, when I hit that low moment, I started researching how the brain worked, how initially just to heal myself, but really it became a larger mission to, to figure out how do we all live happy and meaningful lives. And what, what, I, what I learned through this process was this reality that, you know, the things that we, we show in our brain, these emotions, these, this, this response to, to experience like war, they are normal human responses to war, and that the symptoms of post-traumatic stress are not indicative of a disorder. What I mean by that is when I came back, I used to be very jumpy when there's loud noises. Now, and I, I, didn't, I hated being in crowds. Now, this was a result. My brain had formed this association because loud noises in equals death. In, in war, crowd means more people who can kill you. So inevitably, I was jumpy in these situations. But now they used those symptoms to say I have a disorder. And that was the problem. The problem was not those symptoms because those normal human responses into that self-identity. I then start to believe that's who I am, that there's something wrong with me. And what I learned was separating myself from that self-identity. And the thing that I learned that's most valuable is that we don't actually control what first shows up in our brain. So this response of jumping when there's loud noises, that's a natural, normal response that I didn't even control initially. In time, you can shift that subconscious response to external stimuli. But initially, we don't control what first shows up in our brain. So for example, if I'm standing on the edge of a cliff and I feel fear, it's normal to feel afraid, right? Mm -hmm. That's something I don't control. What happens when, when you... When when you learn that, when you accept it, then you stop judging your emotions. You stop beating yourself up for it. You stop defining yourself by those emotions because the biggest problem is people associate themselves with their emotions. So 
If somebody, you know, this is, let's say some therapist, for example, I know, labeled one of these kids I was working with with depression. Now what happens is that kid started to believe she has depression. That became a part of her self-identity. Instead of saying something like, you know, this depression is just an emotional state, but I am not my brain and my brain is not me, she now said, that's who I am. But when we separate ourselves from our brain, realize that that's not who we are. We're not our emotions. We're not our thoughts. We are whatever we want to be. Then we can accept those thoughts, embrace them, become aware of them, and then channel it into purposeful action. That's how I really got out of it and realized that, you know, even my, my uh, so-called symptoms, post-traumatic stress disorder, are actually my greatest allies. And just again, a concrete example of that, I struggled with survivor's guilt for a long time after the war. To this day, I struggle. But that guilt that once drove me to alcoholism and to suicidal thoughts, today that guilt is my greatest ally. I actually have a picture of my friend up on my wall, and it says, this should have been you. Earn this life. And now my guilt drives me to stay sober. It drives me on this mission to do something meaningful because I have a responsibility to do it. I cannot waste this existence that I've been gifted with. So my guilt that was once my, you know, my demon has now become my divinity. It's become my greatest ally. Ah, amazing. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's again like you know, uh, when we face a kind of fear and we are in uh, uh, some kind of situation that brings a lot of uh, kind of, you know, that frightens us and that defines mm-hmm. us, that defines us, you know, that uh, makes a kind of pattern in our brain that, oh, that is something that, you know, I'm afraid of. That's something uh, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm, I mean, for, for instance, to say if uh, one person try, let's say, to bungee jump and go and mm-hmm. see that height and is afraid of uh, that particular height and he's terrified and he comes back. and after that he that person is never going to attempt to do that because he just realized that is something uh that that frightens him that is out of his comfort zone and he's never going to give it a try and mm-hmm. and and you have taken adventure sports as a therapy or you may like to call as a tool to overcome your fears and it seems to me mm-hmm. uh, all you are trying to do is push your limits and throw yourself into face of fears can you share some insights about throwing yourself into face of fears to overcome them yeah you know the more you do these things that that test your limitations that push you outside your comfort zone the more you grow in confidence the more your mind body spirit enhances to the next stage of your personal evolution you know that's how you grow that's how you find happiness and that's why outdoor i mean it doesn't have to be you don't have to climb mountains in the himalayas you don't have to ski across a polar ice cap like i did but find your path you know whatever it may be that's my avenue for my growth but as long as you push yourself beyond your own perceived limitations that's when you grow and that's ultimately also how you find happiness it's in that process of overcoming one challenge at a time because when you go through a moment where one party you wants to quit something the other wants to fight and you're uncomfortable and you're struggling and you're suffering and you rise above that that'll be the greatest moment you've ever experienced in your life and that's why i do these things because it's how i have the energy i have it's how i have the pa- the passion the fire the enthusiasm for life that i have today is because of doing these things and any confidence i might have today is because a result of having overcome one or mastered one fear at a time overcome one limitation at a time to keep growing to keep evolving into a better self than i was yesterday it's- it's pretty fascinating to see how uh, we can overcome to this kind of fears when we at least mm-hmm. at least you know start with them uh, even it is the smallest thing uh, that we do uh, for instance if uh, we uh, are struggling to have conversation with strangers and uh, we really are afraid to talk to them then you don't have to go and make a whole conversation just begin with saying hi or even uh, maybe just giving a smile and at least uh, do that and conquer that first and then go ahead about that i love that exactly. mm.
Exactly. No, I love the way that you put it. You know, like you want to take small risks at a time. I wasn't somebody who always used to do these things. In fact, when I was a child, I was terrified of like those big giant Ferris wheels. You know, I was terrified of everything. So wherever you're at, you're in your life right now. It's okay. There's no right or wrong about it. And just whatever your line of risk is, just push it one step at a time. There's no, you know, you don't have to go crazy. If you're not able to run a marathon, run one mile, right? Whatever it may be. The point is just work through your level of risk one step at a time and keep climbing that ladder just one tiny little step at a time. Hmm. So, um, and you talk about a method called LMNOP method to overcome fear mm-hmm. in your book. Would you please share in brief about this method? Sure. So the method is to like essentially handle any emotion that might be coming in your way. It can be fear as well. So the first thing you do, the L, is label and language. You label the emotion, and that's as simple as saying, okay, I'm afraid, or I'm anxious, I'm stressed, whatever it may be. And neuroscience has shown when you label the emotion, it reduces activity in the emotional parts of your brain and increases activity in the part of your brain related to focus and awareness. So that way you can separate yourself from the emotion and decide what to do with it. So that's L is label. The second part of the L is language, where you shift your body language. You adopt a language of, a body language of power. So instead of slouching and feeling you know weak, you stand tall, feel powerful. So L is label and language. The next step is M. Ask yourself, what is the meaning that's created X emotion? Where our brain is always finding meanings to things. So you're looking, you're you're digging deep now to find what that meaning is, the subconscious meaning that's that's kind of being automatically created afraid I'm falling. But what is the meaning to the fear as well? What's the meaning to the emotion? Because the, you might make the emotion mean that you're weak. Oh, I'm afraid means I'm weak. So you're asking yourself, what is the meaning? You're understanding that unconscious meaning. The next step is the N. N is where you say, this is not me. This is just my brain beyond my control. But I am not my brain and my brain is not me. This is when you're separating yourself from what's happening in your brain and getting that higher level of awareness about who you are and, and deciding who you want to be ultimately. And then that brings to the next step, which is the O. O is you opt for a new meaning. This is when you create an empowering meaning to the event and the emotion, so you're not letting that old subconscious meaning just defeat you and, and stop you from taking purposeful action in the face of this emotion that's holding you back. And finally, P is, is purpose and preemptive strikes. So purpose is where you take, a, take an action in line with that higher purpose. So if you're standing on the edge of a cliff ready to go bungee jumping, it means leaping, right? That's the action to change your patterns from before. And preemptive strikes is when you preemptively prepare for obstacles you know will show up. So you plan ahead of time by writing down in detail, here's, okay, I know that at this time, if I, I know, for example, if I'm standing on my computer, I'm about to write my book, I know I'm going to get anxious. So I'm going to plan ahead of time for that. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write for just 10 minutes the first time I do it, right? I'm going to do it at 5 p.m. So you're planning in detail how you're going to overcome the obstacle because you, you're prepared for it. You know it's going to show up. And studies have shown when you do that, it actually improves your chance of success by three times. So, uh, and that's what the LMNOP steps are. It's one of the most powerful tools I've created. It's been really helpful for people I work with as well as for me as well. So it's a, it's a really invaluable tool to help you master your fears and rise above them. <laughs> and, uh, I love the way you, uh, you know, uh, started with leveling them and taking that to defining, defining your purpose. I mean, that's very beautiful. I mean, here we are talking about just uh, not just talking mm-hmm. about, you know, identifying fear and overcoming them, but also uh, identifying them, leveling them, and then taking them to define your purpose using that fear. That's very beautiful to see uh, the way you have put. And and you have got your book recommended by the Dalai Lama and <laughs> Seth Godin. And that's amazing. How, how did you uh, approach people like them and how did you get them? 
uh, one of the most powerful strategies that worked for me for many of these people, which were basically a cold pitch uh, that I didn't know beforehand, uh, was shooting a personal video for them. I shot a personal video sharing, you know, a two to four minute video sharing the struggles I've been through, uh, who I am, what Fearvana is about, the larger mission behind Fearvana, what our goal is ultimately, to, to how we want to serve people with it. We're giving away all the proceeds, 100% of the profits from the book to charity. So. You know, we share. I just shared this video with uh, with Seth, uh, with uh, many other people as well, including His Holiness the Dalai Lama. And it took some healthy persistence. It took uh, patience. It took uh, definitely building a meaningful relationship with a lot of these people. And eventually, I was blessed with some very, very noteworthy endorsements for my book. And it, that's been a tremendous source of, uh, you know, trem- yeah, it's been just been tremendous in terms of pushing, getting the book into more hands, and and helping more people with it. Yeah, obviously. I mean, when you have influencers, <laughs> these people coming and supporting your cause, and uh, and uh, definitely your cause is something that's going to help a lot of people. And uh, mm-hmm. when you have these people backing you, and that's the message going to reach a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exciting. yeah, it's exciting. And uh, uh, there are you know very low moments in everyone's life, and mm-hmm. uh, there was in yours as well. You know, almost. Uh, uh, trying to take your own life, mm-hmm. and you have been there almost giving your life. Mm-hmm. What, what is your advice to person who himself or herself is in darker phase of their life? When you're, you know, when you're in that very, very, very low moment, and you're, you know, it just it world feels like ending. One thing you definitely want to do is get outside support. So you're stepping outside of your own head, getting outside of your own, you know, your own demons, and getting some, you know, getting help, whether it be through friends, family, people you love, anybody, you know, whether it be a, a coach, a life coach, a therapist, whoever. Getting outside support, I think, is invaluable. And another thing is really recognizing that you are not that person, you are not that emotion, you are not that state. You know, as I said, I was talking earlier in terms of whether it be fear, whether it be depression whether it be PTSD, that's how I got out of it is realizing that, okay, I am not this person. I am not this emotion. I am not this state. I can be something more. And and that's the huge problem is because, again, we define ourselves by that. We, we make that a part of our self-identity. So separating your self-identity from this emotional state is a huge and essential important first step to say, okay – I am not this person with depression. My brain is going through depression from time to time, but I'm not my brain. I am not my thoughts. I'm not my emotions. I can be whoever I choose to be, whoever I want to be. And when you se- when you separate yourself from that, then you create the space to now say, okay, what do I want to be? And ultimately, eventually, you know, initially you just want to get out of that low phase. But as you start growing, you know, kind of evolving and getting out of that darkness, you want to start finding what that light is for you. What is your worthy struggle? Because you can't just leave it as a void. If you just leave a void, you will return. You know, an idle mind is the devil's playground as they say. So you want to find that worthy struggle because that worthy struggle will give you life. That worthy struggle will give you the fire to keep rising, to keep staying above, to keep growing. And that's how that's how you know I got out of it. That's where I am to uh, how I am uh, you know who I am today is a result of now I have a worthy struggle that engages my consciousness every single day and I don't have to, you know, demons may show up from time to time but I'm able to rise above them rapidly because I know what I'm doing now. I have I have clarity on my purpose here. So you want to find that worthy struggle. Yeah, I love that. You know, finding worthy struggle uh, mm-hmm. can empower us even if that's the low moment. And one thing it is very necessary to understand is everything has to come to an end. And even our worst of the situation or uh, the uh, darkest of the period also uh, will fade away. It's just about mm-hmm. a matter of time. And uh, uh, it's just about uh, looking forward and uh, finding something that you can engage rather than giving it all to that situation. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. No, it's been yeah, it's uh, all learnings through this this the journey. <laughs> awesome. So, um uh let's talk about uh your book. 
uh, can you share a bit about what is you all your book about and uh, uh, who should be reading your book yeah, so it's really about turning these so-called negative emotions like fear, stress, anxiety, and I pair the three because neurologically they're very much the same. It's just our perception of the two and the word we use is slightly different, but whatever word you want to use, it, the, the, the book is about how do you, how do you turn these, these seemingly negative emotions into your most powerful allies? How do you make them work for you so you can live a life of health, wealth, and happiness? So the book goes into, this, into the awareness section, into how to, how to you know, learning, learning the self-awareness about how the brain works, how you work, the psychology behind it, and then it teaches you how to take action. It teaches you how to embrace that struggle. How do you find your worthy struggle and how do you ultimately embrace the struggle that is standing in your way from your goals, whatever they may be? Because whatever you want to achieve, it's going to be hard to get there. Nothing worthy in life is easy to get. So it book will teach you how do you embrace that challenge? How do you find joy in that challenge and ultimately continue to grow? And really anybody, I mean, you know, the thing is, these emotions are universal. Every human being goes through fear, stress, or anxiety uh, at some point in their lives. So, you know, the book can really apply to anybody, but I definitely have targeted to people like myself. So athletes, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, people struggling. I definitely recommend it for parents because I think kids need this, need to hear this a lot so that they can start building empowering patterns from a young age instead of, you know, getting negative habits and that they have to then combat at a later age. So building it at a young age is invaluable for kids, parents, athletes, uh, all, all those kind of people. But yeah, if you're, if at all fear, stress and anxiety any of these emotions are holding you back the book will help you uh, master those emotions and ultimately find success through them guys the book is fearvana i have linked the link to get this book and uh, you can check this out at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 11 that is theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 11 that is 11 so go ahead and check that out and uh, i'm pretty sure that's gonna uh, give you a lot of insights and as I would like to remind you that this book is recommended by Dalai Lama, Seth Godin <laughs> and amazing people out there and they find it, uh, you know, the message that Akshay is sharing worth sharing to the world and it should reach a lot of people. So if there is something that you need to overcome uh, in terms of fear or anxiety or stress and you want to come out of that and find your worthy struggle, is worthy of pursuing please go ahead and check that book and uh, uh, yeah and at one uh, at one point i have heard you talk about the current generation being very much concerned or developing belief in instant gratification mm-hmm. what do you think yeah i mean uh, i i want it right now i mean uh, you know overnight success thing mm-hmm. so why do you think people are gradually giving up in their belief of work hard now and get rewarded later you know, because we live in a world that teaches you you can get what you want through one click, right? Like any information I want to find, I go on my phone, Google, and instantly you can find it. You can watch movies instantly on your phone. Within one click, you can order anything, and it'll be there two days from now on Amazon, right? So we live in a world that teaches us we can get these things we want instantly. But those are only for the small things. Anything worthwhile in life, whether it be successful professionally, successful spiritually, successful fi- uh, you know, financially, uh, mentally, emotionally, in relationships, takes hard work. But we're so accustomed to getting all these little things that we think the world is going to work like that and you're seeing this in the younger generation because of instant gratification they don't have patience you know they don't have patience to just put in the work and if you put in the work one step in front of the other over time you will get the results you know I didn't get to where I'm at overnight it appears like that that I just started appearing everywhere in all these podcasts and all these media outlets but that certainly did not happen overnight it took me three years to write the book it took me four or five months to get the Dalai Lama's endorsement just being patient you know building a relationship it all that things take hard 
hard work. It takes patience. It takes a struggle. And we have to get acclimatized to that struggle. You know, we live in a world that's constantly, not beyond just the instant gratification, we live in a world that's constantly trying to make our lives easier. Every new technology, every we, we measure progress by the thing that's making our lives easier. But easier is not better. And the sooner people realize that, the sooner they'll be happier. Because easier does, it only leads to harder struggles. And that's why we're seeing mental health issues on the rise because people are not going to be patient. People are wanting instant gratification. People are looking for the easy way out. And I work with clients who just say, I just want easy. Literally, I quote that. I just want easy. I had another client I was working with who said, you know, you mean there's no such thing as a stress-free life? Like suddenly it hit him that life is going to be stressful. And that's not a bad thing though. Stress is a good thing when you learn how to channel it. I mean, think about working out. You have to stress your body for your body to get stronger. And it's the same way for the mind and the spirit. So that's a big reason why a lot of the younger generation is struggling. The, The faster they get used to, you know, like, to finding a struggle, to embracing struggle, to learning how to suffer well, the faster they'll have the patience to to engage that struggle and ultimately get the results they want in the long term. Nothing great happens overnight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is very crucial for each one of us to understand. To, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to make a bigger thing happen, it's got to take time. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, as the saying goes, Rome wasn't built in, built in a day. So Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to build, a build, you know, a Rome in your own life, and you got to understand that it's not overnight that going to uh, build Rome in your life, whatever that Rome could be. Maybe that could be uh, developing or building uh, good habits in you, or uh, that could be... Uh, excelling financially or in a relationship or anything i mean it takes time so uh, mm-hmm. i i like to recall this you know um uh, quote from gary vaynerchuk he uses this a lot of time like you know uh, you know micro speed macro patience as he said you know you you gotta be very fast in what you do on a micro level on a day-to-day basis but on a macro level it's you gotta be you know uh utterly patience yeah i mean you gotta be very patient because nothing uh worthy searing or cherishing uh can happen overnight and i i love that mm-hmm. you know i i love that when he says like you know micro uh speed and macro patience yeah i love that that's that's beautiful i love gary vaynerchuk he really inspires uh, inspires me as well he's a great 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 uh great dude guys <laughs> i'm enjoying this inspiring talk with okse and i hope you are as well now it's time for the enlightening round But before we jump in there, here's a small request for you. If you love listening to the Inspiring Talk podcast, make sure you subscribe to this show so that you won't miss amazing talks like this with most successful and inspiring personalities every week. And you can find all the resources mentioned, such as books, personalities, websites on the show notes of this episode over at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 11. That is 1-1. So, Akshay, are you excited about the enlightening round? Yes, sir. Let's do it. I'm excited. Yeah, awesome. What inspires you to do everything that you do? I think what inspires me is knowing that it's making an impact in other people's lives. Like when I get messages from people who have read the book, how it's touching their lives, that just, I mean, that's what drives me so much. So on part, on the big level, the really the main thing is the impact it's making on other lives. And on a personal level, just that it's, it pushes me to, it, it's, it's how I live a happier life. So it makes me happy doing the things that I do. I, that's why I have the energy that I have uh, is because of that. So it, it especially inspires me when I know it's touching, touching people's lives and making an impact. That's really makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, it's always uh, great to see when people coming back to you and saying, Akshay, thank you so much. You, uh, that means, yeah, yeah, it means the world. Means the world. <laughs> I mean, you, and even when uh, they say that, I was about to suicide and, you know, I just came out of that just because I got your book on mm-hmm. my hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
no feeling like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which one daily habit do you believe has been game changer for you in your success journey? Ah, uh, single most important habit that I cannot recommend highly enough for anybody and everybody is to build a proper exercise routine. You know, when Sir Richard Branson was asked what's his secret of productivity, he said working out. Exercise improves the brain. Numerous studies have shown that it's like actually enhances how your brain works. It enhances the neuronal connection so you can learn faster, you can think better, you can focus better. And more than that, also exercise enhances the spirit. I mean, when you really punish your body, it strengthens your spirit like nothing else will. So I highly recommend building an exercise routine. It won't it won't take away from the other problems you might be facing in your life, but it'll give you the means to solve those problems. It'll give you a better way to look at those problems and ultimately give you the strength to face them. That's how I found my salvation through drugs, alcohol, and PTSD was through exercise. I mean, it's it's an absolute daily part of my life. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, the impact that you have on your brain and, and, and the, the way you appear throughout the day, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Which one book, or maybe a couple of books, according to you, is <laughs> must read for everyone seeking to improve their life? Well, I mean, I can obviously say Fearvana, but I don't. I don't want. I can't. I can't. I can't obviously say that one. I don't want to throw my book. I mean, I do think it's it'll help people. But uh, if I had to pick another one, I would say uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. He's a, he was a psychiatrist who survived the Holocaust, and he talks about in his book about how even in the hell of a concentration camp, he found meaning in his suffering. And and it's it's one of the most powerful books. It's been it's played a huge impact in my own life. I, I quote Viktor Frankl throughout my own book. Uh, I quote him all the time in, in various talks that I do. Uh, he's amazing. He's it's it's, it's truly a mind blowing book that'll help you reframe your own suffering and ultimately come out on top on the other side of it. You have come this way, and uh, uh, there has been a lot of ups and downs in your life. And uh, let's say if you were to start this success journey all over again, what are those three things that you would have done differently? Mm -hmm. You know, I think the, the three things I would have done differently is I would have practiced self-awareness earlier in my journey uh, instead of kind of running away from myself through alcohol, through drugs. And sometimes even the positive things were running away, like skiing across an ice cap. I used to do those things, but in many ways, they were running away from myself. Now I still do those things, but I'm doing them from a very different level of consciousness. So being practicing more self-awareness exercises like meditation, like journaling, things to delve in deeper into my soul uh, – that's one. The other one was I would have taken action earlier as a source of learning instead of purely just looking for it in through through um through reading books, you know, reading books, looking at videos is great for inspiration and motivation, but nothing will teach you like the actual doing. So for example, I procrastinated on my book big time because I kept studying about, you know, other books, how to write a book, how to write a book, kept studying, studying, studying. But you know, the greatest thing that taught me how to write a better book was actually writing my book. So taking action as a source of learning instead of seeking it outside, doing that sooner. And the third thing I would have done is build, building systems, building systems in my life like morning rit rituals, uh, evening rituals, systems throughout the day to structure your day so you f have the discipline to follow that structure. So you kind of make what the, the, the idea is you make willpower a habit. So building systems throughout my life. Today, I have very clear systems that have been developed through years of experimentation on what works and what doesn't work. But those are the three things I would have done differently. It's practicing self-awareness, building systems, building systems, and taking action as a source of learning because the greatest learning is in the doing. Awesome. What's the definition of success? Uh, for me, success is if you're better than the person you were yesterday, and better is just whatever you make it mean. I mean, if if your goal is to be financially, then then work hard to be in that. I think I think success is the journey, not the destination. So if if in the journey you're finding growth, you're finding happiness, that's successful. So today today was a success for me. I mean, I love where I'm at today, and uh, and the next day I just want to keep being better. So success is not a destination. It's in the, it's in the journey that we find success. Okay, we are coming to an end of this interview. 
before we uh, before I ask you the last question, I would like to acknowledge you for everything that you are doing for swing people that fear. Uh, fears are our limits and uh, how we can overcome them and helping them come out of uh, that and giving back to community and you spent a lot of time in learning and finding and uh, going about it and now you are giving it back to community I would like to acknowledge you for that and I'd like to thank you for everything that you are doing for this community to make this world a better place I'd like to thank you thank you so much thank you thank you so much for saying that I really appreciate it, it means a lot yeah so um Akshay, where can people find more about you and your business uh, or, or uh, if they would like to learn more about you and learn more about Fiervana, how they can uh, connect with you? Fiervana.com. You can reach out to me there as well. I definitely intend to be one of those authors that's very accessible, so I will respond to all my own emails. You can feel free to ask me any questions. Uh, I'm, I'm here to serve in any way I can. Yeah, awesome guys. Make sure you connect with him and I have included all the links and resources and books that we have talked about in this episode over at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 11 uh, that you can access the show notes of this episode and links. Uh, that is theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 11. So Akshay, before we say goodbye, uh, please share with my audience the last piece of advice that you would like to give Sure. Uh, so what I always say, I say this in my book, what I always say when I do talks is that the single most important skill you can develop in life to succeed, and this is not just something I came up with, research has shown the same thing, uh, is that the single most important skill to succeed is to develop a positive relationship to suffering. So if you can practice suffering, if you can learn how to suffer well, not only will you be able to handle life when it hits you in the face, which we all know from time to time it does, but you'll be able to handle every obstacle standing between where you are now and where you want to be. You'll be able to face every obstacle to achieve all your goals. So develop that positive relationship to suffering. And that comes through practice. It comes through visualization techniques. It comes through engaging it, through pushing your limits one small step at a time, through practicing smiling in the face of it. And uh, if you do that, you'll be, you'll be successful in, in any way you want to be successful. That has been phenomenal. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate that. Thank you for having me, my friend. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. And if you enjoyed listening to this and learn something out of this episode, make sure to share this with your friends by visiting theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 11. There are some tweetables on the show notes of this episode. Make sure you tweet them and tag me at the red BJ Speaks on Twitter. Make sure you visit theinspiringtalk.com forward slash audible to get your free audiobook. And to finish this, guys, fears are our limitations. Don't let fear stop you from being the best version of yourself and from unleashing your tremendous potential. Don't let your fears define you Embrace them, face them, and you will realize you have grown a lot in the process. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you in the next. And now, go out there and do something inspiring.